Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Alrighty folks, welcome back to another episode of A Lovecast, and we have a great episode ahead of us. Um, starting off, I talked to my good friend, rapper and hip-hop artist Mason, who's been making some big noise in the industry, and he's one of my very close friends and a very, very talented artist. He has a new project coming out that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about his career, and then we're going to be talking a little Celtics with him at the end of that interview. Um, also make sure to check the description to see where you can find his work, but also I have timestamps in there. So if you, for whatever reason, don't want to listen to some segment that we have, we do have timestamps in specifically Lovecast episodes. I don't know if the other guys do it on their episodes, but mine always come with timestamps. So make sure to check those out so you can skip around. Then I talk about the sustainability of heliocentrism. I'm going to keep that vague purposefully. Just know it's about MBA, and um, I'll be going into more depth on that, obviously. And then after that, we have a college basketball therapy session with Butsy. So it's a super fun episode, a long episode, but I think you guys are going to enjoy it. And yeah, coming up, we have Mason. All right, I'm here with my good friend Mason, a rapper and hip-hop artist from our hometown in New Hampshire. Um, Mason has a mix What's called Backpack Boys coming out Friday, November 25th. How you doing, dude? Yes, sir. Bro, I'm doing great. How are you, man? I'm I'm great, man. I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, Mason's a close friend of mine. He's an absolute fucking amazing artist. Um, yeah, dude, you've grown so I much since it. the beginning. Uh, it's impressive. Nah, man. Like, thank you, bro. Thank you. And like, same with the podcast, man. I've been following this shit obviously since you started it, bro. And shit's really impressive, man. More people need to listen to this shit for real. Like, thank you. I damn. appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. that. For real. Um, so let's get into it, dude. So um what what got you started doing this rapping and hip hop situation? Like dude, like so I don't know, like some people might remember, but like back in high school, me and my friends, some of the uh, other boys, we'd make some uh, like goofy ass songs yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, under the name Decepticons. Uh yep. hopefully you can go look that up. I'm gonna delete it by the time this podcast is up. <laughs> so uh <laughs> Hell yeah. it won't be there. But uh yeah, like down in the basement, me and all just my my friends, we just uh make goofy ass songs about the kids in our grade. Yeah, I remember that. High school. Yeah. So uh that's really where I just like fell in love with it. And then mm-hmm. when we got out of school, obviously, like we had a lot of time to think during the pandemic yep. <laughs> about yeah, like what we wanted to do. And I just was like, you know what? Fuck it, like this is what I want to do. I'm gonna just follow my dreams and like, you know, make yeah. this shit work. Yeah, no, and you've definitely been doing that. What's been the hardest thing to that you've had to work on the most so far? damn i mean like honestly dude just like <laughs> every song is like just trying to improve on the last one like just yeah. making better music and better music and mm-hmm. uh i'm definitely like at the point now where like i'm way better than when i started and like just like yes. comfortability is like the main thing for sure yeah but, no uh, you can hopefully that shows on the new project yeah i think it will i've you've leaked some songs to me i'm very appreciative of that and dude there's some fucking bops and uh yeah, no, you can you can hear Appreciate the comfort uh, as it goes along for sure, and um, yeah, you just sound like you're 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 finding your voice. I've found so far. Yeah, no, thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's the uh, that's the goal. Just keep going. Exactly. Uh, who are your influences? Like the artists that you that you are trying to not be, you know, just that influence you the yeah. most. 
Well, uh, dude, I mean, I guess like I'll answer this in two parts. So like yeah. locally, it would really just be like Project X. Yeah. He's like my big brother and all this shit. Like out to Project X. Just uh, yeah, coming out of New Hampshire, like actually making moves and just making crazy music. Like yeah. he was the one that proved like it's possible. You know what I mean? Yep. Especially for like kids like us, you know what I mean? Yeah, From exactly. New Hampshire where like there yeah. isn't a music scene. You know what I mean? No. Like we have we, to start this shit. So Yeah. We've got a small local one like Tavio and Project X yeah. and I'm yeah I'm missing other guys. And we have we're in that Massachusetts, New Hampshire collective with a bunch of creators, but th- it's like our generation right. and maybe a couple grades ahead of us that have started. Exactly. It, really. Exactly. So. Like it's finally starting to like bubble up and um yeah. yeah like the more we work together obviously like X definitely. Uh another mm-hmm. one is like my engineer Tony Suitcases like He's yeah. from Manchester too, like us. Yeah. yeah. And um from the area. And he just like has helped me a ton with like making music and uh like just melodies and harmonies and all that stuff. Like really like put it in like time and work into that. Yeah. And, and then, then when it comes to like actual artists, yeah, it's people like Kanye, Young Thug, yeah. Future. <laughs> just yeah. uh what everyone else our age would say pretty much. But yeah, yeah the ghost. Well, yeah exactly uh yeah those are good influences um yeah it's funny because um new hampshire and massachusetts that little collective is starting to actually make some noise and uh we have very yeah. artistic people come especially coming out of manchester um oh yeah i, I mentioned tov but like we've had ads for that show the garage or not that show that um the that, store yeah yeah the store exactly the thrift yeah. shop so shout out to them um yeah, it's a very collect it's a very creative collective group of people down there. So. No, yeah, dude, like shout out to everyone in New Hampshire Mass and like yeah, we got a ton out. of talent, man. Yeah, shout out Vincent. He's he did he was our video editor too for our YouTube videos, so. Yeah, bro. Shout out. Like what he can cook up in like an hour is just nuts. Like Yeah. You know. I'm sure some people like heard some of the beats that he was making back in high school and those were good for when we were back in high school, but like yeah. this kid has grown so much even over like the past year with me working with him like Yeah. Like it's just crazy. So, yeah. And Muhammad too. Uh, Ib to give, dude. Give him a. He's been. He's he's grown so much, dude. Bro, he's the start of it all, man. He was my first producer, so yeah. that was like, <laughs> he produced my first ever song that I made. So yeah. shout out to Muhammad. Without yeah. you, man, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, for real. Uh, Muhammad actually, I made music with Muhammad back in the day too. He was, dude. He's, yeah, he's grown so much. All of you guys have. Um, what's been like the biggest moment in your like career so far? Um, definitely I'd probably say like the LA trip is like yeah. an easy answer. Yeah. Oh, uh, while I was out there, like I was working with just a ton of guys from the scene that were here a couple of years ago and then ended up moving out there. So like yeah, Project X, like I said, I was able to link up with him again, which is just always a good time. Yeah. And uh then like people like Dark Sight, uh yep. videographer out of Manchester, he's crazy good. Uh Woodrow he... T V, same thing. Does he do the majority of your videos? So we have one together right now, which yeah. will, you know, that's yeah, a, we'll... that's a, that's a drop right there. That's a yeah, little there surprise, go. but that'll be coming in the next couple months. And then we're working on more stuff too. So Hell yeah. Who does He's the a... majority of your videos now? Cause I, I think the videos before like, yeah, the videos are top notch, dude. I, I dude, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. yeah. If, if anyone hasn't seen the videos, like definitely yeah. go out and look. Cause there's a progression for sure. From like when yeah. I started, I was editing on myself and oh, wow. uh, Bennett, Ben accordingly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out Bennett, yeah. dude. Bennett's the fucking best. We're gonna try and get him on for some UFC stuff in the future. Um dude, yeah, he's fire. He's fire. Um, yeah. So uh if you guys want to check out Mason's stuff, by the way, it's gonna be in the description. Like I'll have all of his socials and everything, so just check that out. But um, 
yeah, dude, the, check out his videos. And I, I didn't realize it was Bennett editing those. That's crazy, but well, so yeah, Bennett Bennett like shoots them, and then I uh, send them to like an editor. So oh, yeah, yeah, because awesome. uh, that shit is time consuming. But awesome. he shoots everything, and like he has a really good eye for that stuff. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Bennett made his clothing brand. That's oh, yeah. all shout my pants, Bennett. basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you and, need swag, go get Bennett's pants, and yes. you will just instantly be upgraded. Exactly. But yeah, dude, that's another fucking creator in our area. So it's just insane right now. Um, So what's your favorite song that you have out so far? Damn, bro. Um, Honestly, favorite song I have out so far probably is Exotic When I Breathe. Okay. Just because like that video shoot was so fun. Yeah. Like uh, I went over to my boy's house. Nick Flores is in the video. Shout out Flores. Bennett's in the video. So yeah. Um, that one was like definitely the most fun to shoot. And also like, it's just a high energy song. It was really fun to make. Like that's one of my best early songs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, is like all my favorite songs are like all unreleased. <laughs> yeah. Cause I have like probably like 200 unreleased songs. So holy, all the recent shit. That's my favorite. Yeah. Wow. But, 200. Yeah. That's you're sitting on a shit ton of them, but yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, what are you looking forward to? Like, what what are your plans for the future? I know you're dropping the mixtape, and then what what are you going to try and go to an album? Are you going to move, or what? What are your like thoughts? Yeah, so this mixtape coming out next week. Uh, me and Vincent have been working on for like the better part of the year, honestly, like all of yeah. 2022. So that'll be like super cool. It's eight songs that like no one's ever heard before, and yeah. then Under the Moon's going to be on it too. So everyone definitely go check that out. Like the progression throughout the tape like is crazy and it's honestly like a really versatile like piece like it's a really versatile album yeah. like every song's different so definitely go check that out and then after that i'm just be dropping singles and hopefully like i'm already working on my next mixtape so that'll Perfect. be coming out early next year for sure yeah keep grinding for sure um if you had to describe yourself as an artist to someone well like what how would you do it Oh, just the best no yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go i don't even know man like I'm really just trying to like make stuff that like I'm into and uh, like yeah. that I'm going through at the time. So it's like a lot of it earlier, especially was just like rap, like straight rap. Yeah. But I've been definitely like getting a lot more into like singing and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, making stuff that's like catchy. Yeah. Good to party too. You exactly. Know? Yeah. I like so, it. Yeah. I like it. Um, Yeah. No, it, I have definitely noticed that it's gone from like straight bars to more melody and stuff, which I, I enjoyed both of them. So yeah, Thanks, dude, bro. that's, it's um that's yeah it's gonna be awesome uh and you said exotic when i breathe is your favorite video you've shot so far yeah probably yeah i have to say so but uh took a five is like a close second place right now a lot of people have been fucking with that song so i appreciate all like the support and love on that for sure yeah but, you, uh, it's only getting um, better man for real for real i just took a took a five you filmed that What's the one you filmed at Jake Lake, dude? I like that one. <laughs> so that's Play the Field, yeah. Play the Field, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's another really nice video, bro. I had a lot of fun doing that because yeah. we have a lot of memories at that spot, man. Yes, like, <laughs> back yes, in the high school days, like we were really finding ourselves over at Jake Lake. So Jake Lake, shout it's out. It's good to pay homage. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, Yeah, dude. So, yeah, no. Um, And shout out Nick Flores. He was the one. Uh, if you guys have been listening for a while, I did an exotic pop stop. Uh um ad read and that's for yeah. nick flores's store so shout out to him um yep. shout yeah, out jimmy shout out jimmy exactly yes shout out jimmy <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so do you have anything else you want to say about about the um about rapping or your career or anything oh, man i don't even know i just i guess like uh stay tuned for sure like if yeah. you've 
heard like one of my early songs and you weren't really fucking with it like trust me i get it i hate all of my early songs like yeah all the stuff that i make like today that's gonna come out in a couple months that's the best stuff that i'm working on so like you know definitely stay tuned because i got some big shit coming for sure for sure oh i had had another question um what does your like creation process look like oh man so yeah uh like some of my songs like uh for example like memories fade uh like the really long one i sent you yeah that's gonna be like definitely a that's gonna be one of the hits of the mixtape yep that one was like mostly written because that's like some real heartfelt shit and like i really wanted to just you know you know put that shit on you know like really step it up but i'd say like 80 percent of my songs are freestyled okay yeah so yeah so you just go to like the studio with whoever or do you have a studio at your place or like what's that like yeah so um i do have like a mic in my room and i make like a good amount of songs on there like a lot of it's just like practice and uh like getting ideas down yeah but uh my main studio i go to is a suitcase the studio out of somerville mass Mm -hmm. uh yeah shout out tony suitcases again my engineer but uh yeah so i'll usually just go there literally dolo and it's just me and the engineer we uh just like crank some shit out man just whatever comes to the top of the head just lay it down and build off of there oh yeah so does he usually have like a beat that he's been working on or something that does he like make it on the spot kenny beats style or what (laughs) no so uh like the way i get my beats is like vincent will do that for me a lot like when me and him were working on the mixtape it was just me and him in the studio and so he'd make a beat and then we'd go from there but uh like it's either like half of my music is vincent and the half of it's project x so yeah x will just like set me a pack of a ton of beats and i'll just pick whichever ones i want and just go from there hell yeah dude that's that's fucking awesome uh what do you do when you have writer's block ah bro like honestly it's just like uh you gotta just remember like why we're doing it you know i mean like i really love this shit so even if like you don't think something sounds good now like if you just lay it down and just keep going and like try to work through that shit you can always come back and fix it later like yeah. So it's really just it's all about working through it and just yeah. uh getting inspired, watching movies, listening to music, all that stuff. Perfect. Good shit. Well, so you're a big Celtics fan, so and this is I a am, Celtics, uh, sports Celtics whatever podcast. So we got to talk. Yeah, I wanted Celtics. to get on this podcast way before the mixtape, yes. dude. Like we just got to talk some shit. Yes. Um so you said you had some issue with something <laughs> I said. Let's let's put it out there. What did you Well, yeah. So I mean, you and Jordan last episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I listen to you guys, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know what's up. You know, talking about Marcus Smart, he's a little disappointed in this season, right? And I get it. I get it. Yeah. But this is Marcus Smart. It's what we signed up for yep. when we drafted him. You know what I mean? Like, he is going to make some dick plays. Well, you know what I mean? He will turn the ball over by throwing it, you know, behind his back three times yep. in a row in a game. And none of it works. And he'll do that. Yeah. But then you'll have a game like last night where he's making circus layups at yes. the end of the game and to threes. win the fucking thing. Yes, it was insane. Yeah, no, you're this is this is very warranted, dude. I think we went a little too hard on Marcus Smart. And then, of course, um, we're filming at 7 18 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah, today's Tuesday. Yeah, so, yeah, um, this is after the Celtics comeback win against OKC, where Marcus Smart <laughs> fully led the charge. Um, I mean, come on, yeah, no, yeah, I deserve I mean, it. We shouldn't have been in a comeback against the Thunder, anyways. Very good, point. All right? but um, I mean. Who else but Marcus Smart to lead us out of there? You know Absolutely what I mean? With the win. It was insane, dude. He literally <laughs> was playing out of his head. And uh Pritchard, Pritchard uh also was trying to trying to lead us back some a little bit, right. but he he can't hit more than like three or four shots in a row and then he missed. 
unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. I, I really wish we could just get the Pritchard that dropped 92 in a Pro-Am. Dude, <laughs> all the I time. know. So, that would be so clutch. We'd be a whole a whole new level of basketball team. Um, So, who's your favorite player on the team? Dude, I mean, damn. Honestly, uh, I'm going to have you answer this right after me because I don't know your answer, but I feel like Marcus Smart has been my favorite Celtic like of all time. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. ever since I started watching, he was on the team basically, like when I really got into it in high school and middle school and stuff. But um Tatum. Yeah. Um <laughs> how yeah. can you not love that guy? It's a great fucking pick. Uh mine's was mine was weird. It was it well, it was Al for a while. Yeah. And then it was Robert Williams for a a while and then right. now it's Tatum for sure. It's Tatum. All right, dude. It sounds like I'm lying. This is like a LeBron quote right here. But dude, draft night, I was begging my dad. I was telling him, I was like, we need Robert Williams. Hell I was yeah. like, I don't care what we do. We need to draft this guy. And all <laughs> I'm saying is I should be an NBA scout. Yeah. Because no, I mean I'm, that worked out really well. Rapping doesn't work out, dude. You go to get NBA scout school or whatever the fuck it is, dude. Yeah, that's right? that because I didn't I remember them getting him and I was like, I saw his highlights and I was like, holy fuck, but I had not this was before yeah. I did like draft analysis and stuff. And uh, no, yeah, yeah dude, I really dude. had nothing to like back that up. I just, we yeah. needed a center and he was <laughs> the top one on the board. <laughs> yeah. You're tired of watching like Jared Selinger play. Um, dude, yeah, I'll, dude, I'll never get tired of Jared watching Jared Selinger play. That's a very good point. <laughs> that guy's, <laughs> he's in China now, killing it. I'm pretty sure. Um, Damn. but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I also really like Luke Cornette. I know that's a fucking weird pick, but I love, dude, do you know his name? It's love hate with Luke Cornette. Yeah, do you know it's his nickname is the Green Cornet? I did not know. That's that. a great fucking nickname. My dad That's told fire. me. That. Yeah, dude, great nickname. <laughs> fucking awesome. Bro, like you see those clips of like people will be shooting a corner three and he's in the paint yeah, and he jumps. jumps. Yeah. Dude, apparently. <laughs> I mean, it that's works. some hustle. Yeah, it, it's hustle, dude. I I guess it works. I'm not fucking sure. Um <laughs> who's your least favorite player on the team right now? God damn. Least favorite player. It's hard. Uh, it's a very likable team. I was going to say, like, maybe Justin Jackson, just because, like, I don't, don't really give a shit either way, right? Yeah. Like, he's he's decent, you know what I mean? Like, I have nothing yeah. against the guy, though, so I can't even yeah. say that. Yeah. I guess it would be, like, my favorite player is Marcus Smart and my least favorite player is Marcus Smart. Yeah, that's a very good answer. That's kind of how I feel about uh, Grant Williams. I He pisses oh, me my off God, yeah. so bad sometimes, Dude, but then I like This him. season has been rough. Like, yeah. the Bucks game last year was peak Grant Williams. Yes, and then he took off the rest of the playoffs, so that kind of sucked. Right. Um, yeah, no, um, I uh, I love Grant because he's a vol, but dude, like, right? He's he's really good at getting under my skin, dude. I fucking he no, me off a lot. exactly. It's yeah. it's almost like it's almost Draymond level type of stuff that he does. Like, yes, the complaining and then just like, dude, yeah. he's sometimes like lights out good, and then other times it's like, dude, why is he even on the court? Like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah. have faith in him. I have, I have faith in him too, but yeah, you're definitely like last night he played himself off the court. He had to like get they had to take him off because he just was sucking. Um, and it's like his thing is defense, and like sometimes he's just getting bullied on the defensive yeah. side, dude. It's I don't know. Yeah, and he got he got backdoor cut so bad. Um, so as of right now, or not as of right now, but at the end of the season, um, the Nets still have not hired Ime Udoka. Do you want Ime back or do you like Joe Mazzula still, our coach? Ah, shit, man. Honestly. When I got the email news that he was going to the Nets, like yeah. uh, my first thought was like, "Good, yeah, dude, like honestly, good, like yeah, we're getting rid of like email who was an amazing coach, was the first seed, right? But yeah. we're giving the Nets a sex offender, you know yes. what I mean? Yes. And like, dude, like, <laughs> like the Nets could not be any more dysfunctional as they already are. So giving yeah. them email Doka, who has had some problems in the past, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, let's put it mildly. And uh, you know, he's a great. Like, I don't want to." 
say anything bad about the guy. I, I, you know, am grateful for what he did with the organization. <laughs> he turned us around in one year. Like yeah. we looked like shit last year, dude. It was not fun to watch them for yeah, the first couple months. And uh, he turned our defense around like completely, man. But uh, I don't think I think Missoula has been not perfect. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff he needs to work on. But yeah. like the players, obviously respect him. And I just like his presence on the on the bench. Like you know, it's felt. So I I think we'll see how the rest of the season goes, man. It's it's yeah. tough. There's some high expectations for this team, but for sure, they're looking good right now. And they like, are. They're looking yeah. awesome. They really yeah. are. Um, I my thought was like, um, if Ime, if Ime, whatever Ime did, like we still don't know. If it was bad enough that the Nets don't want to hire him, then like, then, yeah, it must have been something. Because we still don't actually know. <laughs> but I don't know if you saw this, but um, Matt Barnes originally posted a Twitter video in support of Ime. And then he came back and reposted a video and was like, actually, I someone called me and told it's me. way worse than I thought. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, yeah. I, he like took everything back. Um, right. So, and then Richard Jefferson was also like uh, tweeting, like, once you know the real story, like think to yourselves, why would someone get banned for a year for that? Like we need to know the full story. Like, right. So, I mean, yeah, like, dude, we're going to be, whenever this, all this comes out, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Like we still don't know like exactly what happened at all. Yeah, bro. Exactly. So, so yeah. If it's something like obviously it was something pretty fucking serious. Yeah. If we we're gonna like coach of the year candidate, like if we're gonna fucking suspend <laughs> him and he's not coming back. We already know yeah, that. I don't think he's They're coming not. back. And I'm content with Missoula to be honest with you. But yeah. Yeah, dude. Um any other Celtics thoughts? Dude, I don't even know, man. I guess like uh just Malcolm Brogdon's our oh, savior this year. Yeah. It's he's one the of my perfect pickup. Players, actually. I forgot to mention yeah. him, but dude, he's I mean Dude, watching him play is just so – it's like, oh, man. As a basketball fan, it makes you so happy. Yeah, dude, he's, he just, the, he's perfect. Yeah, yeah, he just does everything the right way, dude. Like, when he's coming off the bench and leading that second union, like, that was our problem last year is we didn't have offense when Tatum and Brown were off the court. Yep. And now, like, there's games where he had, like, what, 27 a couple weeks ago? Like, yeah, dude, he's, he's exactly what we needed. He's a perfect facilitator. He's, like, the perfect – just peace to this fucking team um and i'm so happy we got him dude if we had i feel like if we got him last year we would have won the championship to be honest with you i know and i mean i think the main thing too is like when rob williams gets healthy man yeah we need that he's our whole defense dude like every that's that's why i loved him is he's like he's like our rudy gobert defensively where everything just revolves around him but he's a better player And you said that last episode dude and like i couldn't agree more man like his his impacts just crazy yeah yeah, dude, it, it, he's he's insane. I think we're going to be fine defensively. And um, yeah, dude, like I feel like we covered everything pretty well about the Celtics. Like that was a good Bro, Celtics honestly. talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck. Yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Promote, like, is there anything you need to promote? Like, let's let's hear it. Dude, yeah, stream backpack, boys, November 20th, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, bro. I'm really excited. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, Check that shit out. I've been working a while on this, so yeah. it's good to finally get this out. I can't wait. That's yeah. That's Friday, November twenty fifth. Backpack boys, the mixtape with uh, Vinny Beats and Mason, spelled with a three. Um, yes, yeah, sir. And all of Mason's information is going to be in the description. So check that if you want to check out um, all of his stuff. And yeah, be on the lookout for Backpack yeah. Boys. Mason, thank oh, you yeah. so much for coming on, dude. Um, I'll see thank you when you I'm for home, me, man. and we'll have you on again sometime soon for soon, sure, bro. Definitely soon. All right, have a good Hell one. Yeah, man. All right, I'm calling this segment the sustainability of heliocentrism. So, heliocentrism, I've brought this term up. It's one of my favorite terms in all of basketball. 
Um, I believed it was coined by J. Kyle Mann, but do not quote me on that. He's the one that I learned that from, so shout out to him. He's the one that's introduced this idea to me, not directly to me. He just put out puts out content, and I have learned so much from him. So check him out on The Ringer. Um, I'm a huge fan of him. I look up to him so much. I look up to Kevin O'Connor as well, and both those guys talk about heliocentric basketball. Um, to really fully explain to you what heliocentric basketball is, it's um, it's what Luka Doncic plays. It's what Russell Westbrook played when he was, you know, with his highest usage rate ever. Basically, it's uh, you revolve around a singular player. So Luka has the ball in his hands all the time. In the offense, everything just revolves around him. Uh, what he does, what he if he breaks the guy, if he initiates the pass, whatever, he has the ball. And heliocentrism is just when you literally just revolve around one singular player. So I went through and I found something really interesting. Um, I've always thought, and it's been argued by guys like Ryan Rosillo, another guy that I look up to, shout out the Ryan Rosillo podcast. Um, J. Kyle Mann has argued this a little bit as well. I don't think heliocentric basketball is winning basketball. And Ryan Rosillo's biggest argument for it is that it's not fun. You just, as a player that plays that's not the focal point of the offense in a heliocentric offense you play by sitting in the corner and waiting uh for the guy to hit you with the pass and a lot of the times you're not it's going to be a little bit so um i think that leads to some just well it's two things it's you get a little boy bored within it's not fun and then secondly the defense knows who to guard so they can fully put all of their focus on one player which makes it hard so what I did was I went back and I, th- I was like, I wonder how true this is. Like, I wonder if heliocentric basketball is actually something that's, you know, not, uh, not solid, like not a fun um, type of basketball to play. So um, I went and I collected the data from 2010 till now of basically – all of the um, highest usage rates per year. And then I calculated, not calculated, I went and I found the team, the teams that uh, what that had each of those players on it. So, for example, 2010, Kobe Bryant was the highest usage rate that year. And then I went and I found, obviously, that would be the 2010-2011 um, Los Angeles Lakers. And I went through... And I figured out what happened to that team and where they went. So I'm going to read through our data, and then I'm just going to talk about the findings. So 2010, Kobe Bryant had the highest usage rating, 34.3%. His team, the 2010-2011 Lakers, finished at the end of the regular season second in the West and then were swept by the Mavericks in the Western Conference semifinals. Next year, Kobe Bryant again, 2011. This time he went up to 34.6%. On the 2011-2012 Lakers, they finished third in the West. And then they lost 4-1 in the Western Conference semifinals again, this time to the Thunder. Next, 2012, it was Carmelo Anthony. He had 34.9% on the 2012-2013 New York Knicks. Um, they finished the regular season second in the East, and they lost 4-2 in the Eastern Conference semifinals to the Pacers. Following year, 2013, that was Russell Westbrook, 33%. 2013-2014 OKC Thunder. They finished second in the West and they lost 4-2 in the Western Conference Finals to the Spurs. Next year, again, it was Russell Westbrook, 36.8 this time. 
2014-2015 OKC Thunder. They finished um, ninth in the West, so not a good finish. And then they missed the playoffs that year. This was before the play-in. Next year, 2015, it was DeMarcus Cousins, 35%. Uh, for the 2015-2016 Sacramento Kings, they finished 10th in the West and missed the playoffs. Then it goes back to Russell Westbrook, 2016, 40%. That was a record-breaking year. Um, 2016-2017 OKC, I think this was his MVP year. He finished 6th in the West, or their team finished 6th in the West. They lost 4-1 in the first round of the Rockets. And then it was um, James Harden. 35% in 2017, 2017, 2018 Houston. They finished first in the West. They lost 4-3 in the Western Conference Finals to the Warriors. Um, James Harden again, this time 39.6%, so he's very close to that historical high. Uh, and the 2018-2019, um, sorry, the 2018-2019 Houston Rockets, they finished fourth, sorry, tw yeah, tw uh, they finished fourth in the West. Then they lost 4-2 in the Western Conference semifinals to the Warriors. Uh, that next year was Giannis, 36%, 2019-2020 Milwaukee, first in the East, lost 4-1 in the Eastern Conference semifinals to the Heat. 2020 was Joel Embiid, 35%. For the 2020-2021 Philadelphia 76ers, they were first in the East, and then they lost 4-3 in the Eastern Conference semifinals to the Hawks. Finally, it was Joel Embiid, 37.5%. Uh, 2021-2022 Philadelphia 76ers, fourth in the East, lost 4-2 in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So what does this tell you? Why do you, why should you care? Well, usage rate, like this heliocentric styles of basketball, um, I don't think it's winning basketball. I think we have enough data to tell us that now. And the reason that I want to bring it up is that Luka right now is currently third in the league for usage rate and if you cut out players that like actually well actually sorry as of recording he's second and he has 38.1 usage percentage he is behind Giannis 38.5 but Giannis's team is a little bit more well built so maybe Giannis is the first guy to break this but um recently this it's been going back and forth and Giannis actually hasn't been that high um until recently it was Luka by a wide margin so I say all this to say I think that the that the Mavericks are going to choke in the playoffs, and I think we have enough data to see that. So, yeah, that is my findings on the sustainability of heliocentrism, and my final say is that it is not a sustainable form of basketball. All right, I'm here with Butsy. We're calling this segment the college basketball therapy couch. Well, no, not the therapy couch, just the therapy session. Just a therapy session. Yeah, and – um. Yeah, we're just going to be talking about our thoughts and feelings, some overreactions, stuff like that. We're just going to be talking through what we've seen so far um, as the two resident college basketball fans on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Jordan was a huge, was not a big college basketball guy. No, nope, not really at all. Is he, like yeah, an, it is. is he like an NBA elitist guy? Is he like, oh, I can't watch that? No, he's not. He, um, I don't know what his problem is with college basketball. I just don't think he's ever gotten into it because uh, yeah. I don't think he's really ever had a team. Like I grew up a UNC fan. Mm -hmm. And from there, like I would watch all these other teams, blah blah blah. But uh, the only be like the only reason Jordan kind of likes Duke is for the simple fact that I like UNC. Yeah, like hell yeah, dude. that's the only reason he likes Duke. Uh, so he was never like really into it, into it. I've been into it, into it for very, very long time, and it's the greatest. This, it's the greatest we'll make sport. this a weekly segment because I love talking college Good. basketball, and I gr I grew up a UNC fan too as well. My mom's from North Carolina, so I grew up 
a Tar Heel fan like you're like you are. And uh, yeah, and then obviously now that I go to Tennessee, I've transitioned over to Tennessee fan. Um, okay, so we're gonna do some reactions and just I know you have some thoughts and feelings. Do you want to get those out beforehand, or do you want to start with the reactions and then do your thoughts and feelings? I want to get the thoughts and feelings out first. All right, yeah. Let, let, well, you have the floor. Go ahead. Thank you. So, I want to start with my Tar Heels. I guess we can call them our Tar Heels, Max. Yeah. Well, I'll let. I'll, yeah. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I want to talk about the Tar Heels because uh, they picked up a good, nice win today against JMU. Yeah. Um, they won by sixteen. I believe won by sixteen at home again. Uh, they were twelve point favorites, and it's nice to see them finally cover a spread. Uh, I think the spread was a little disrespectful, in my opinion. I felt disrespected by only seeing twelve, uh, and we were up twenty a lot of the game. JMU just made a run, uh, I think mid through mid second half, and uh, we were still able to handle it and win comfortably. Just. I think this is a game in a this game, this is a, a step in the right direction for this team after this game. Uh, finally, putting together a more complete performance than we've seen all year from the Tar Heels. Uh, I think they're going to be good going forward. I think this is a nice nice win for them. Um, some of the other games and some of these other teams across the country right now, like Michigan yeah. number twenty beating Ohio in overtime today. Uh, like th- that was just. So gross. It was such a gross game. Yeah. Uh, Michigan is one of those teams where you kind of expect them to be good every year because A, they're Michigan. Excuse me. And B, because they have a good coach. They have Juwan Howard, great coach, uh, not a great NBA career, but a Fab Five member. Yeah. Um. So I you kind of expect them to be good. And I think the reality is that they're not that good. Uh, mean this right year, hook on is, them too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mean that? right hook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was bad. That was no way at all. <laughs> But I don't think Michigan's that good. Um, they're kind of one of my early teams that, like, they're not frauds because I don't think they had really high expectations. But, and, you know, they may beat, you know, a top team mid-year. Yeah. But overall, like, they they won't put together that many great wins. Uh, I'll tell you what team is disappointing the shit out of me is Boston College. Uh, yeah. Boston College just lost to Tarleton State by fucking 16 at home. They've been a disgrace of basketball team for a team that, I used to go to a lot of games, and uh, I went to – I didn't go to that game, but they beat Duke back in, like, 2017, and I was going to a bunch of games that season, and they were good. Yeah. Uh, they had Kai Bowen, who was uh, on the uh, Warriors for a while. So, you know, this team kind of, like, took a step in the right direction, I thought, after those years, and they've absolutely stunk, which is which has been disappointing. Um, yeah, I mean – it's still early, right? You know, we're still kind of getting into the swing of things. I think this week is going to be a great feast week, 130 basketball games. Like that is some of the most, awesome. uh, that is my, might be the most attractive sentence I've ever heard. Yeah, I think uh, it is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching all those games. Um, a lot of these teams are just kind of figuring themselves out. So I'm not going to buy into anything too early, but uh, as always, the motto for my betting strategy will be fade Elon. Uh, I've gotten really <laughs> cold, really. I've gotten cold early, but um, I went back to the well early in the season, and I faded Elon, and it hit. So uh, yeah. I'm going to take that as a sign to keep doing it. But mm-hmm. um, gambling's been tough. The college basketball gambling has been horrific. These midday games have been killing me. Uh, teams that I think I that I felt like I knew last year and was able to make coin on last year, I got zero fucking idea right now. It, like we, I said this on the couch. This is the hardest sport. Like you shouldn't really bet on any sport early in the season, at least big money, and which I'm not. But you still shouldn't bet on any team, like any sport, early in the season because you have no idea what it's going to look like. And that is especially true in, ba- in college basketball because I think there's the most variance 
Uh, it has the most variance of any sport, and um, yeah, it's been it's been rough. But I think those are all my thoughts and feelings. Got a little yeah. so those are... about some teams and gambling. Yeah, there you go. Um, so starting off with UNC. Um, first, actually starting off before all this. Uh, if you want a good way to waste time, get go to KenPalm.com. That's like the leader for um college basketball stats. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, I love this site. They have this fun metric. These they have a couple of metrics that I absolutely love that not a lot of other stuff do has. And that's um they have a luck rating, like that's a statistical rating, like on how much luck goes into like their the team's wins. Then they also have the opponent, um, like the adjusted um strength of schedule rating for opponents. So like for instance, Gonzaga's strength of schedule right now is plus eighteen point eight seven. That's like the that's like they've had the hardest schedule so far. Um followed by Michigan state plus 15.99. Um, and then he ranks, they rank um, the teams like on a one to, they rank every single team. So it's one to 363. Um, and yeah, it, it's such a great tool to kind of like look at advanced metrics and stuff. And um, starting off with UNC, our team, um, dude, they are right now 16. They're ranked 16. Um, they're, their opposing strength, so yeah, their 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 strength of schedule, uh, a little scary. It's minus two seventy two, so they've had like a relatively hard schedule, which makes which are sorry, relatively easy schedule, which you know that's a little scary. Minus two seventy two is a that that means you've had like a relatively easy schedule. Point zero zero is like average, and then like Gonzaga's had eighteen, so their schedule has been super easy. And all the, so four and oh, you know, that's like not great. I mean, I mean, well, no, no, that's as good as it can get, obviously, but being four and oh against easy teams is probably why they're at 16. Um, their, their, their efficiency is where, um, they kind of fall apart and it's mostly defensive efficiency. They have a, a 91.7, which isn't super great, but they have an adjusted, uh, offensive affinity, which is points scored per 100 possessions. They score. 113 points which is really really good like to put that into perspective gonzaga probably my pick for the best team right now scores 118 points per 100 possessions so um north carolina is scoring the ball well but they're allowing um about 91 points per 100 possessions which is not great um like the other highest team would be like 94 but i'm seeing a lot of like 88s stuff like that um as for so i'm a little worried about north carolina granted it's early this is a transitional year, right? Like they're getting their new coach in and everything. They're kind of figuring out how to build this program, what they're going to do. Do you, I think they've been kind of straying away from the one and dones. I think they're starting to actually try and build a program. Um, and I think, I think that's the way to go now because um, with the rise of like overtime elite and uh, other like the G league, like other teams like that, um, you're going to see the one and done players go play professionally, I think for a year and then go to the NBA. Whereas I think you're going to see, not lesser talent, but like maybe guys that need an extra year or two to get NBA ready. Um, I think they're going to go to college. So for that t- reason, I think teams are going to start to actually build a team um, rather than just kind of pump out one and dones, which I like. Next, uh, Michigan. Michigan's uh, adjusted strength of schedule is minus 1.51. So it's been slightly harder than UNC's adjusted strength of schedule. But there, Ken Palm has them ranked 42nd. Um they're they're giving up ninety six point four um points per per hundred possessions and that's really where they're getting crushed is their defense is pretty bad um 
they have that one the hunter dickinson is um i can't wait to watch him and drew timmy play eventually i don't know when that'll happen but um right now he's kind of their entire team they do have uh, jet howard who plays well and puts up a lot of points but really it's hunter Dick- dickinson all the way that's kind of who they live and die on um and for that I don't like when you rely solely on like one team. I think that's a little bit scary. That's why I like Gonzaga. They're just really well built. They have a lot of other guys other than Timmy. So Michigan, I actually am worried about them. Um, I think that it's obviously too early to call anyone a fraud, but I'm very worried about this team. And Ken Palm's statistics do not like them. They're ranked 42nd. Um, so that's a little tough. And then another thought I had was just on Tennessee. Um, I slandered Tennessee before. Um, I think we talked about them before, and I I did not like them because I'd gone to see them in person. But looking at them, Ken Ken Palm has them uh, seventh right now behind Baylor, and they were sixth this morning before that Baylor game. Um, they're the thing with them is that their strength of schedule is minus six oh seven, which is means they've had just such an easy schedule, and um, they they're scoring the ball. They only score 111 points per 100 possessions. That's where the real tough part is. They're a good defensive team. They only give up 86.5 points per, per sorry per 100 possessions. So what the stats are telling me is kind of weird. Like it kind of favors what I'm saying, where I'm like they're playing really easy teams. Their stats should be better. But then again, Ken Palm has them ranked six, which means that all those statistics favor them. So I think it's hard to like really figure out what they are until they play like an actually good team that's not like better that's better than Colorado. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts and feelings. Um, do you want to get into some overreactions? Oh, do you have, yeah. What do you want to say? I have one more feeling and I talked yeah. about this the first time we talked about college basketball, uh, on this show. Uh, and I think it's coming true. I'm worried. Kentucky stinks. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Kentucky's not good. That was, our, uh, and I know that was my first overreaction. So let's get in. Yeah. I know. I know Gonzaga is good, but 39% from the field, 24% from three, uh sorry 22 personal fouls like that's just a recipe for for losing like no matter what like that's just you can't win basketball games playing like that and I know Gonzaga's good and I'm trying to force myself to believe that they're you know a title contender but they just don't really look like it uh but what does that say about Kentucky I mean Kentucky looked so bad tonight the the offensive production from beyond the arc and basically anywhere beside the paint has been so bad uh, they don't really seem to have any kind of shot creators besides Severe Wheeler. And they don't have many guys that are straight knocked down from three. So yeah. unless these guys can get it going, and I know it's early and this is an overreaction, uh, which is why I think we both had it because it was so it's been so apparent and so obvious so far. Um, Kentucky's offensive production sucks. And they're um so yeah, so their offense production right now, um, adjusted offense per hundred possessions. They're scoring one fourteen. So that's you know, that's not like it's not super high like to put that every team in the top 10 right now for just like for uh reference they're at number four ken palm has them ranked number four but um in the top 10 every team has over 114 with other than tennessee which has 111 and kansas which has 111 but those teams also have higher um adjusted defense efficiency than um kentucky so or sorry, Kansas has uh has it gives up a little bit worse is a little bit worse defensively than Kentucky, but Kentucky's defense like is is pretty good like and you can expect that with with having like Sheway as your anchor. But the problem is we talked about this before too. 
offensively they can't shoot defensively Shibuya just gets into foul trouble way too much yeah um we said like he must lack in foot speed or something because he uses his hands like he just puts his hands on you to keep up he can't guard like he can't guard right he can't guard guys like Timmy off the dribble he yes just can't. and Timmy's Timmy has good footwork but he's slow that's like he's not fast he just has really good footwork um and then Shibuya also is undersized like he's six nine with long arms but that's not like you, you go up against Hunter, Hunter Dickinson who's seven one. You go up against Purdy who's like seven six. Like uh, granted, they're gonna, or I don't know, Purdy's like seven four. But all those guys are gonna be under. Edie. They're gonna be undersized, but it's just what. Edie. Edie. Yeah, it's Edie. I said Purdy. Edie. I was thinking of Purdue, and I think I combined Purdue and Edie. But fair um, enough. Uh, yeah, you go up against Purdue and Zach Edie, and it's like uh, granted, like most teams in the country are gonna be undersized against them. But Kentucky's trying to win a national title here, and their defensive anchors undersided a little bit undersized a little bit slow and fouls a ton that's something i'm worried about um like you said they're shoot they just cannot shoot the three um and it t- ken palmer says they have bad luck they have a minus 125 on the luck rating so um which is actually really bad luck baylor or virginia is ranked fifth and they have a plus 164 which i think that wow. i think that i agree with like that that passes the eye test right of like virginia has good luck i would say which is like, mm-hmm. I'd say two is like perfect luck. Like that'd be like New Hampshire being top 10. That would be like, a right. Yeah. But um, yeah. What, what were your thoughts? So like the reason Kentucky's offense is still like the, the reason they still put up points is because of the amount of shots they take. Uh, They took 69 shots tonight against Gonzaga. Yep. Gonzaga had 14 less shots and one by 16. Yeah. Insane. They made and one more worthy. Yeah, and Gonzaga, it, you know, like, it's just, just clear. Yeah, it's just it's so clear. Um, Kentucky too, like they kind of they have good personnel, but like if you look at who actually scores on this team, it's other than Shibway, it's like it's like Kason Wallace and Toppin are really the other two guys that that score. And it that was tonight. And then if you look at like the team, the team itself, just going through their team stats, it, that that kind of like keeps is what we're saying. Frederick didn't play well tonight and he's he's actually their leading scorer right now at 14 points per game so um they have three guys that score 14 points per game it's Shibwe, antonio reeves and frederick and then from there it sort of drops case on wallace at 12 points per game so they're just not getting like a ton of points in general but like i like the the distribution i like when there's multiple guys that can score at any time but right now it's just not really no one's shooting the ball well and uh that's that so maybe they'll regress and like that'll get better but um i don't know yeah it, it's, it's um i'm di- i'm disappointed in severe wheeler to be honest yeah while he may be the fastest player and quickest player in college basketball yeah he's not scoring the ball at all no like he his jump shot has been struggling this season so far and it's like they need a solid second option to go to yeah you know besides Shibway when he's off the, especially when he's off the floor um but like again tonight, he had seven points, two of six, one of four. Um, like only having four assists and seven points, and you play. I actually only played seventeen minutes. That's that's on no, me. That's actually into, on me. No, I think he got into foul trouble or something. But he um he yeah, he was he uh he averages nine point seven assists so and eleven points. So like I'm okay with him facilitating. It's just he doesn't have anyone to facilitate to. Like other than Shibwe, there's just not guys that are I like he shots. he takes. He takes good shots. I just like to see a few more drop because yeah. I think if they're going to be like 
getting to this next level, I think you need at least another guy that's averaging 15. Yeah. And and to be fair though, they have a plus 299 um strength of schedule, so like obviously nowhere near Gonzaga. And that's why like we're going to talk about Gonzaga next. Like that's why they're my favorite right now, my favorite pick. Um and I think it's because they've proven it and so far they have their adjusted strength of schedule is plus 18.9 something, which is insane. That's a very hard schedule. So Kentucky has had a, a relatively hard schedule. So that's another reason for pause and another reason like three-point shooting is hard. Like if you can get that to go, then you'll be okay. But what I like about Gonzaga is like they have they're kind of their offense flows through Timmy. So if you're not hitting shots that night, that's fine because you have a guy that's like literally hitting layups and po- post moves that like always work so it's just a lot more reliable um kentucky i feel like it's a mishmash of different players right now and they don't really like work together well and that's because kentucky's just been such a one and done school like that's that common theme that we're talking about gonzaga's been built they've been around they've been those guys have been together timmy's been there forever um they've been they've had they produce one and done players here and there but like they also have a team behind them that's like more built than kentucky is so um I do think it's time to worry about Kentucky a little bit, but it is like we've mentioned a bunch. It's super easy and or super early rather, and this is uh, overreaction. So we're gonna overreact and say Kentucky's um, bad, and I'm gonna overreact and say Gonzaga is the best team in the nation right now. I've, mm. I'm I'm all over them. Um, Julian Strother's awesome. I love him. Drew Timmy is obviously insane, crazy passer, great post work, and I said this to you. He's a little Jokicy to me. They were calling him Georges Niang on the um, broadcast, which I think is a good comparison too. But I think he's like, obviously this is a huge margin, but I feel like he's somewhere in between Georges Niang and uh, and Jokic in terms. Obviously Jokic is bigger, but it's the passing IQ and like the site. Like today he had a pass where he was in the post, took the ball and literally threw a complete dart dime behind his head like beautiful and to the guy who's cutting and then the guy like missed and then the another Gonzaga player came and dunked it in off the miss but that guy missed a like a easy layup um his sight and then it's just footwork like it doesn't matter he's only 6'10 and slow his footwork which is something you can't teach that's something that you're kind of born with um oh Jesus that'll get him somewhere I think I actually think he is an NBA player I think he'll be like a late first rounder, early second rounder, maybe, maybe undraft. I know that's a huge range, but I do think he has a spot in the league somewhere. And uh, yeah, I love him as like your go-to offensive guy. Cause what we talked about before, like three point shot isn't working. doesn't matter. You're a very well-rounded team. You can go to the post and the post just works. If the post isn't working, cause say you're playing like Hunter Dickinson, he's shutting down Timmy. You can go, you have, um, you can go to Ressier Bolton, Anton, Watson, um, Julian Strother, like you can go to all those guys and they can contribute. So Gonzaga is just so well built. They're so deep and they're my favorite team right now. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense uh, because also I don't think there's another, there isn't like a lot of teams that have emerged as clear uh, like favorites yeah. or clear, like, Oh, this team can easily win the title type teams yet. Uh, like we said, it's very early. Uh, Houston's one of those teams that I'm keeping an eye on as well. Houston, UNC and Kansas, I will say are, and Gonzaga, uh, and Gonzaga as well. Those kind of four teams, I know it's kind of cliche to say because they are like ranked top four, but um, those are the four teams I have my eyes on right now. Uh, I yeah. think they're a little more skilled than the rest of the field. Uh, like I think it's a clear four and the rest of the teams are not as talented and not as well-disciplined as those teams are. But another team I want to talk about um, 
that got disrespected coming into the season, I guess you can say, is Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, they had a great, great, great win. Uh, all-time win, I would say. Not all-time, but another just a great win against uh, Kentucky in that classic, in the Champions Classic, in yeah. overtime, or double overtime. Yeah, double, uh, overtime. double overtime. Yeah, it was a crazy game. Uh, they're pretty good. Obviously, Izzo is still an unbelievable head coach. And I said this to Jordan the other day. Like, when you have those guys like Cal Perry, Izzo, um, used to be Coach K, Roy Williams, like those type of teams. Yeah. Like, or those type of coaches, sorry. If Even if you're not as talented as year before, they're going to find ways to win games and figure out how to be a title contender year in and year out. Um, yeah. They always work with the talent that they have and develop them really well in that short time that they do have them for uh, most of the time. And it works out, so excuse me just i'm i'm high i'm high on michigan state because i think that they're very scrappy and hungry uh because of the preseason shit and now that they beat kentucky they realize and know that they're a very good basketball team and what the future can hold for them yeah um ken palm isn't isn't super high on michigan state they have them 21 right behind st mary's but um they're they're adjusted strength the schedule is insane it's plus 15.99 so that's second behind um gonzaga they've had a really hard schedule and Honestly, they could have won that last the game before Kentucky, where they lost to um, shoot. They lost to Gonzaga, right? I think it was they lost in like over or like I don't know. It was very close. Um, this Michigan State team's good. I just think they're held back by their lack of like actual true personnel. Um, I don't know if their roster can really hold up against other rosters that are really solid, you know. But I do agree with you. Like, I'm a big fan of them. I think like exactly what you said. Um, when you have Cal Perry as your coach, or not Cal Perry, fucking Tom Izzo as your coach, um, you're going to be able to go a lot farther than others just because, you know, like he's just such a good mind. And you saw that with that, uh, the win over Kentucky with that beautiful um, <clears throat> out of bounds play that they ran. Like you wouldn't have thought about that. And then that play to get it to overtime was awesome as well. Um, so yeah, they're, they're just super good. Um, I, I really do like, their um point guard oh what's his face um Tyson Tyson Walker I think yeah Tyson Walker yeah I think he's a fucking player um <clears throat> I actually think he's gonna be in the league for sure um he just has like this tenacity that I'm like obsessed with um he's at 13 and a half points three rebounds four and four point eight assists um I I just I just don't like their personnel so I'm a little worried about them is all but they have had a really tough schedule. And they beat Villanova, they beat uh, Kentucky, they lost by one to Gonzaga, and then they beat, like, NAU. I don't even know who that is. Northern Arizona. So um, I think they're proving to us that they were disrespected, like you said, but I, I don't know how I feel about them, like, longevity-wise, but I do like that you mentioned them. Um, is there any other Yeah, short-term, short-term, they just kind of made some noise. Yes, for I agree with that. You're You're 100% right. Is there any other teams you want to talk about? No, I'm all, I'm all set. I think I got my thoughts yeah. and feelings out for this week. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, this week we got a, we got a lot going on. This week we have football, oh. college basketball, NBA, college football. Uh, um, it's a crazy week, but I'm sure I will come back next week with more thoughts, feelings, and overreactions for uh, for college basketball. Yeah, this is going to be a great fun segment that we're going to be doing, yeah, and then yeah, like Ohio State versus San Diego State is going to be fun at the Maui the Maui Invitational tomorrow. Oh, Maui's a classic tournament. Yeah, and then classic tournament takes off it takes off on tuesday a little like there's not really any good games tuesday wednesday um and then thursday where it gets fun they got uh 
Oklahoma, Nebraska, Purdue, West Virginia, Alabama, Michigan State. Those are three fun games. Awesome, awesome Friday, games. Friday, again, it takes off a little bit. Oh, they have the Emerald Coast Classic, uh, Iowa versus Clemson, Saturday, nothing. And then, yeah, it starts back up next the Monday. They got the Big Ten Challenge um, with Pitt, Northwestern, Michigan. Oh. Sorry, Minnesota, Virginia Tech. So, um, it's going to be ACC like – The Challenge is so fucking awesome, dude. It's so fun. And, um, yeah, so it's going to take like a little break. Like, it's going to be like – you know breaks here and there but there's just so many good fucking games and uh yeah i can't wait to continue this segment because it's gonna be good for, a good one it's gonna be a great one i'm excited for yeah. it throughout the season shot it was all with y'all oh, coming to say you're lucky fine we got to cutting it off nobody kidding fuck on my line i'm gonna keep it up with y'all but shawty i'm trying to make you mine don't make it too easy i want to try she looking too good can't let it go by oh yeah think i won the lotto this slow mulatto she could be a model she wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Yeah, this little mulatto. She yeah. could be a model. Yeah.